All right, full disclosure as we start this episode, I don't have any sons. I have four beautiful, lovely, wonderful, perfect daughters. Loud. <laughs> They're very loud, Loud yes. daughters. But I was once a son. <laughs> you still are a son. I still am a son. <laughs> and I was once a young boy. And so today we're talking about talking to young men, specifically around relationships and dating. So we'll see you on the other side. Selena, when you fell madly in love with me and found me irresistible in every way, <laughs> what were the things that you that you loved about young Ryan? <laughs> it was like, what was that movie? She's all that. You walked oh, in the great. door and you were you were just like, I was a nerdy young lady. You no, know, <laughs> no, you were total like grunge before, and then you walked in after summer, and you still, I think you still had a bit of blonde hair growing out of your roots or your tips or whatever. And then you, I think you guys had football something. So you were all dressed up real nice, like a button up shirt, clean pants, and just like <laughs> the light behind you and the wind. And I was like, who is that guy? And so like, what? I was nerdy and dirty. No, I didn't say nerdy, well, grungy. <laughs> <laughs> well, but the, she's all that chick was nerdy anyway well there was a there was, there was a, a, a moment of just wind blowing like <laughs> okay. light behind you i didn't actually expect this part this segment to go as long <laughs> well, as it has but I, I'm, I'm, I'm not so glad i brought that up <laughs> anyway if you don't know who we are i'm ryan this is my lovely wife selena we're the fredericks you're watching the fierce parenting podcast or you might be listening to it either way welcome thank you for lending us your time, your attention. We pray that it blesses you. If you'd like to partner with us to keep this content going, that really helps. Just go to fierceparenting.com slash partner. We're at 295 patrons as of this recording. Oh, We're hoping wow. to get to 500. Praise God. Lord willing, by the end of the year. So uh, we need you to get on that. We need <laughs> to get on that. And I want to say thank you. Shout out to our new patrons from this week. Aaron, Ken, Ian, Brooke, and Wesley. Thank you for joining. Yes. We're excited to We're, get to know you yes. there. Um which, by the way, we actually do get to know some of our patrons really well. A few patrons I've actually started texting, not to say that that's a guarantee because <laughs> I'm, I'm bad at texting. And I would say they're good friends. I like we would we would break bread gladly <laughs> with many of our patrons. Yeah. So why are we talking about this since you don't have sons? <laughs> <laughs> well, because let's answer the obvious question first. Yeah. We got asked to to talk to a junior high yeah, local middle school. Yeah. At a local Christian cool. middle school about biblical marriage. It's actually where we met. And so it was really fun. Um, <laughs> I I took the route of trying to put these big stones of belief in and, and knowledge into the, the hearts and minds of these young men. Yes. And so going about that process, because we spoke separately. You spoke to the young the young ladies, I spoke to the young men, about a hundred each. Yeah. And uh I, I shared with them the story. I told them this kind of I don't know, as, I presented it as a fictitious sort of story. I yeah. said there was a young man. <laughs> who blah, blah, blah. And I basically shared the whole story of our getting together and meeting it. Yeah. We met at 13, started becoming friends at 15, dated at 16, got engaged at 19, got married at 20. And then at the end I was like, guys, I gotta tell you something. That young man was me. <laughs> and these guys, their response, I, I couldn't have predicted the response. I thought it'd just be like, oh, interesting. But they were just like, slow clap. <laughs> they, I mean, all but standing over, like, I had no idea. I couldn't tell if it was genuine or ironic. <laughs> but they're junior high kids, so I I, I don't think they have irony yet in them. Maybe. <laughs> so, He's um, so that's why we're talking about it here, because I thought, you know, this was this was a fruitful conversation. And I think it's encouraging because there is a dearth of men in our society that that 
feel okay being men as God designed them to be. There's a dearth of men. There's there's a lack of men. And so we need to raise our young men collectively as the church to be godly young men who will stand firm in the faith, who will love according to the love of Christ, who will act with conviction. And I think having these types of conversations, it's the type of conversation that you have knowing full well that you won't see the fruit of it for 20 years. Yeah. When that young man you spoke to, maybe comes back to you and says, you know, you you told me that I took that to heart. And then when I met this young lady, I treated her right. We got married in a godly way. We dated in a godly way, not in that order. (laughs) And, you know, now we're raising our, our young sons to do the same. That's the kind of thing that gets my blood pumping. And so I just wanted to encourage our fierce parenting proprietors to that regard. And we're going to change the baby's diaper real fast and we'll be back in just a split second. And boom, we're back. Magic. (laughs) Now, maybe when you've parented four daughters like Selena has, then you'll be able to change a a diaper in a split second, (laughs) in a literal split second. (laughs) Notice I said like you've parented them. (laughs) You. I'm just along for the ride. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, This is not what we're talking about today. Men are not along for the ride. (laughs) No. Yeah. So where was I? I forgot. So at risk of kind of forgetting what we were talking about (laughs) when we cut away to change the baby's (laughs) diaper, I'm just going to dive right into this conversation. (laughs) So I shared with these young men my meeting you. And then the hope is that we're planting seeds so that when these, these young men grow up, they will then have this so embedded into their marriage, into their relationship that they will train up their young young ones as well to understand. So the question is, what do you say to young men who are Mm. needing these big ideas uh, clearly outlined for them? Basically what I, I I laid out the framework like this. I said, okay, ask a bunch of questions to establish the idea that relationships really matter to them. Mm. They matter to us. We spend our life ministering around marriages and family. Mm -hmm. And I told them this will never not be important to you. So you need to meet the right kind of lady. Right. That is going to, you can build a life with. To do that, I, I taught them what I t- tell our daughters. said, become the kind of man who loves God more than anyone else. And it shows. Yeah. And you will attract the kind of young lady who can, who will also love God more than anyone else. And it shows. And so with that said, here's the encouragement to you as parents. And then we'll dive into more detailed conversation. Understand your role as a parent. Understand that boys, especially fathers, but boys need mentors more than anything. And mm-hmm. they will find one. They will find one. I recently got into a dust up, an internet dust up over, not really. Uh, some people are defenders of this guy, but a guy named, by the name of Andrew Tate. You don't really know the name. Mm-mm. I know, right? Yeah. So he's basically an internet kind of, he's part of the manosphere, if you would call it that, but he's an ex kickboxer. He's, he's a womanizer and he's not, a, he's not a believer, but the problem is, is a lot of young men are looking to this guy because of the way he communicates. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff he says resonates with truth, but it lacks capital T truth. It's not rooted in Christ. And so I kind of pushed back and said, let's not look to this guy. Let's look instead to pastors, fathers, friends for true discipleship, not being discipled by some personality on the internet. And the reason why he's so attractive to young men is because he's speaking truth to them in a way that they need it said. He's giving them a, he's saying, right. he's calling them up to a standard and he's, and he's, Giving them permission to, to in some ways, right. live out the life of a man. Well, he's and not the only one, though. He's not right? the only one, yeah. Like, he should, there's other, anyways. Right. But I'm just going to say, as a parent, you have 
the best, clearest, most biblical, therefore the best opportunity to speak into your young boy's life. Right. I heard a quote recently. It says, mothers turn babies into boys, but only fathers can turn boys into men. And so it it really is up to the men in these young men's lives to pull them up to the standard. So what do boys need? So if you're saying, okay, I am that, I'm that man for some young man, whether, so we have a nephew. Mm -hmm. I'm in some sense, I'm trying to be a mentor to him. Mm -hmm. I can't be his father, but I can be his uncle Mm -hmm. and I can show him godly manhood in some regard. And I'm trying to do that. We do trips and fun. We went clamming together. It was a lot Mm -hmm. of fun. It was actually, I don't know if you want to go here. It was not that fun. It was hard. But it was, the that's of part that, of, that was yeah. To teach him to do hard things. And, and you to, encouraged him yeah, in that. And he yeah. kind of came home with his head held a little higher. Yeah, he I did. Think, it was really day. cool. It was really cool to see. So what do these young boys need? If you're assuming this role in the life of a young man, A, they need a master. And here's what I mean by that. They need somebody who will, who will command their allegiance. Mm. And of course that master is Christ. Christ commands mm. their allegiance. In that, they need a call to action, a call out of the woodwork, a call up to the ranks. Mm-hmm. Hi, <laughs> Sunny. <laughs> it is something that will cost them everything. Truly, something that will cost them everything. Christ demands nothing less than everything you have mm-hmm. to give in response to something he's given you freely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen, sister. Amen. Uh, my story is this. I was a young man off the rails mm-hmm. going pretty much every which way besides after Christ. I ended up with my parents... <laughs> I think my parents understood the value of putting me in the right situation. (laughs) They put me in a Bible camp for a week, the summer before uh, my 10th grade year. Mm -hmm. See, that's the summer he came back. And I was like, who's this? (laughs) Telling you what, the proof's in the pudding. (laughs) And I go to this camp, long story short, we cause a lot of trouble. Somebody, I won't name them, brought explosives that he may or may not. (laughs) Fireworks. Large fireworks. (laughs) We blew up one of the toilets. Uh, we caused a whole bunch of other problems in the camp. Finally, they brought us in. They're like, listen, you guys are, we're like three days into this thing and you guys are really messing it up for everyone. And the, 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 I remember the worship leader for the camp was the, he had the literal come to Jesus talk with us. And he read this verse and it is stuck in my head ever since. And here's the verse. This is Matthew 8, 16, 24 and 25. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Hmm. And he said, what are you choosing today? Will you follow Christ and gain your life? Or are you going to keep your life for yourself and lose it? Hmm. And he said it as straight to my face as he could have. <laughs> and I looked at him with, and with nothing but fear and exhilaration and, and a, a readiness to stand up and be counted as somebody who will follow Christ. Mm. That was the moment in my life, in my head, that was the moment that God called me. Now he was calling me from way before that point, but I needed something that would cost me everything. And so yeah. I went home from camp and I got rid of all my bad music. I got rid of all kinds of bad habits in, in my life. I, I was a transformed young man. Mm. I started reading my Bible every day. Mm-hmm. I started listening to my pastor on on cassette tape. <laughs> CDs were a thing, but I had tapes of, of his sermons. So I listened to those. He was on Galatians, right? Mm. I learned all about grace. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. I no, longer, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. In the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself and died for me. I have been crucified with Christ. Mm-hmm. I needed that language as a young man. It needed to cost me my life. So articulate this to the young man in your life. Call him up to that standard. 
because that will give him the context for every other thing that you'll teach him in terms of a Christian worldview. It'll give him context for his entire life. And so what is the standard now? So you've called him up to the standard and you're saying, this is the master that is worth your entire life. His name is Christ. He is your Lord. Mm. He is your savior. Follow him and live. Okay, well, let's follow him and live. Now, what is that standard? And to that, I would use these verses. And I called these men, these young men up to the standard. I read these verses to them. It's Paul talking to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verse 58. And also uh, chapter 16, verse 13, it says this, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. And so this I put in the context of as you're pursuing a relationship, be steadfast be immovable, hmm. always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that it's not in vain. You have to know that with faith that it's not in vain. Hmm. And then in chapter 16, verse 13, Paul again says this, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, and let all that you do be done in love. You see the progression there? Hmm. Act like men, one, be strong, two, three, let all that you do be done in love. Hmm. So and, do these things in love, essentially. So stand firm in the faith, be watchful, Act like men, be strong, but all of these things, let right. all that you do be done in love. It right. takes on a whole, uh, a whole different meaning, a whole, yeah. a whole new standard. That phrase act like men is actually just the, what the translators were able to do with this one verb. It's andrizomai, which is literally to, it means to conduct oneself in a courageous way. Mm. Men are courageous. Young man, be courageous. Not just because you're able to, you know, do tricks on the trampoline or you're able to go ride motorcycles or you're able to jump off. I was into cliff jumping. That's not the the courage that this is talking about. Mm. Being courageous is standing firm in the faith, letting what you do be done in love, mm. be watchful, be immovable, be right. steadfast, abound in the work of the Lord and know it's not in vain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So calling him up to his standard. And then, of course, along with that, fruits of the spirit, spiritual disciplines, mm -hmm. discipleship, prayer, Bible reading. Um, fasting, evangelism, all these things. You don't want to pile it on, but there is a standard there and we want to call them up to it. I think it's important for them to understand there's a progression there. And so it doesn't just stop with, um, you know, discipleship. We're also calling you to, yeah. to produce fruit, to go further than that. Yeah. But you notice we haven't even gotten into God's design for marriage or God's design for human sexuality and sexual relationships. We haven't got into any of that stuff mm -hmm. because I'm of the firm conviction that young men need these big stones in place before any of that other stuff will make sense. Because mm -hmm. if I don't have Christ as my master, I don't have his mission as my mission, right. then why am I going to care about his input into my mate? Right. Yeah. Why am I going to care when I, when my hormones are raging yeah. and I see a thousand reasons why it'd be better to follow my flesh in this case, mm. unless there's been a heart transformation by being called in, in the name of Christ by the good news of the gospel. Yeah. And so that's where we start with right. that. But I want to focus here on what I call the five facets of a godly man. And this is what I, I basically pitched to them. I said, this is how we become the types of men that attract a godly woman that we want to marry. Attract. Uh, and so here's the five facets of a godly man. Number one, you're God fearing. God fearing. That is the the front facet of the godly man. It defines everything else. You see God as God and you are not. Mm. He is the creator. You are created. He is on the throne. You are not. That is the right order of things. Mm. I fear God and it's right that I do. Number two, being a loving husband. Number three, an attentive father. Mm. Number four, a wise worker. And number five, a loyal friend. Each one of those can be podcast episodes unto themselves. <laughs> yes. And maybe but they should. You're casting this vision for them saying, this is the type of man you are to become. You love God more than anything else. You fear him. You love your loving husband, yeah. selfless leader. Mm. Um, you're an attentive father. 
You're a wise worker and a loyal friend. That is the man you're going to become. You're not going to be a boy your entire life. You will turn into a man. And the question is, what kind of man? Are you going to be a boy with a beard? Or are you going to be a man after God's own heart? Because mm. the world has plenty of boys with beards. That's how we got to the issue. The, 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 the problems that we have today is men never grew up and stepped into their role as a God-fearing, faithful man. Amen. Uh, so that's the, that's, we have a mission. We have, excuse me, the master, a mate. And then the, the final one is a mission. And I'm not going to get into it, but really it's just this is asking these young men, how will Christ use you as you obey him in responding to the great commission? Mm. What? And that's, that's, that's something that you're always going to be answering. We still, I review yeah. on a weekly basis, this question, right? God, how do you want to use us? Right. It doesn't change a lot, but I review it a lot. Right. right. Um, and here's the great commission just for reference. It's go. Therefore there's a go, not stay. Therefore it's a go. Therefore, Make disciples of all nations, not some nations, all of them. Mm. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all I've commanded you. Not teaching them to observe all whatever the popular doctrines of the day are. Mm. Teaching them to observe all I've commanded you. And behold, here's the comfort. I'm with you, even to the end of the age. Mm. So, young man, you have been sent, commissioned into the cause of Christ, to be a co-worker with Christ, to do this work. How is he going to do to use you. Yeah. By the way, you're not alone. You have godly men who've gone before you. You have Lord willing, godly mentors, pastors, parental figures in your life. Uh, but Holy more Spirit. than that, you have the Holy Spirit <laughs> and Christ who has promised to always be with you. And he is. If you are hearing this and you've never responded to the promise of Christ, you don't really even know who Jesus is. You don't really know what it's all about. We want you to know Christ mm. and we want you to know him well. And we want you to, to, to respond to the gospel. Mm. Um, first we recommend you find a friend who is a Christian. They can talk to you about Jesus, mm -hmm. ask them, they want to share, um, ask them to read the Bible with you. Go to the book of John first. Uh, if you can find a church that preaches from the Bible, that's amazing as well. If you can't find those things, we have a website set up for you. It's the news Go there, check it out. There's some tools there. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the young men among us. I pray that you'd help us as a generation of parents to raise up godly young men, not just with their future in mind, but with the future of their own children in mind, mm. with the future salvation of their own grandchildren, their great grandchildren. <laughs> Lord, I pray that you would help us to, to have a long view of the work that you're doing um, through our parenting and through the lives of our children. And by your grace, Lord, we can see some fruit. We trust you either way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. As a reminder, if you want to partner with us, go to fierceparenting.com slash partner. We would be honored and blessed by that. Otherwise, this episode of Fierce Parenting is... And we can. We'll see you again in about seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce. Stay fierce.